Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And today, well, you have me musing into the idea of radical healing. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, open your mind and heart, and settle into your essential wholeness as we begin this musing, entertaining me, I think, because I've been really giving this a lot of thought lately. Radical healing, radical healing. Well, where did I get that idea? What's going on? This year, seven days of rest has a theme of radical healing. The seven days of rest and radical healing is the fourth annual seven days of rest. We talked about it last week on the show, and we will be talking about radical healing throughout 2021 right here on the Dr. Julie Show. As we look at the World Water Law and World Water Year. So what is the World Water Year? You're going to hear more about that. But I just want to pause and give some space for this topic of radical healing. Now, if you're listening to this in April or October or whenever, it's not too late to pause and take seven days of rest and radical healing. You can do that by going to the seven days of rest.org website. And there's so many beautiful videos, meditations, practices. The whole world is coming together on every continent, resting and really focusing on radical healing. But for me, I have been inspired. When I look at these two things together, the seven days of rest and radical healing, and I heard my friend Shelly Ostroff, who's the founder of the seven days of rest and the co-initiator of the world water law. She said a year of radical healing as we were talking about the earth, a year of radical healing. And I've been thinking about that. And I'm really, really, really feeling called to a year of radical healing for myself. So I've been sitting with the question, what does a year of radical healing look like? Radical healing, obviously, will be radically different for everyone. And, you know, sure, we could talk about healing here. One could look at the traditional diet and exercise and make some changes. But what are the elements of our day-to-day lives that, if they were shifted, could make a radical difference in our life and our health? What are the details or qualities of our relationship with all life that we need to consider? Ourselves, our time, our loved ones, our living environments, they're all important. And what about our intimate relationship with our mind, body, spirit, soul? Yeah, that's all definitely essential. And then there's our emotional health and the need to heal old wounds and trauma, let go of resistance, let go of fear and pain and move into deep emotional healing. And we mustn't forget our vocational and creative expression. 
does creative expression really matter? Is creative expression healing? Yes, 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 absolutely. So we're all on an individual journey and we all need to consider what is important to us personally. Do you need to move your body more? Do you need to change your daily routine? Do you need to be more courageous or compassionate? All of this is good and important. And yet, what would put the radical in your healing journey? And what will put the radical in my year? I found a couple important clues when I looked up the definition of radical. The first definition was of or going to the root or origin. You can tell I'm from the Midwest when I say root. (laughs) Some people say root. I say root. So it goes back to the fundamental of the root or origin of radical difference. And the second definition was thoroughgoing. Isn't this a, this is a fun word. Okay. Um, Trivia of the day. Did you know this is one word, thoroughgoing? I learned that today when I looked that up. Thoroughgoing or extreme, especially as regards change from accepted or traditional forms. Extreme change, a radical change. Those were the two definitions. So the first one took me to, again, the root or the origins. And when I think about the root or origin, I think about our relationship with earth. How often do we consider our health related to nature and all her inhabitants? We know science shows us and we intuitively know that going into nature is healing. Nature can heal us. But do we consider what our role and responsibility is to to create the conditions that help nature heal? I'll ask that again because I think it's important. How often do you consider your role and responsibility to help create the conditions for nature herself, the earth herself to heal? I'm going to talk about that a lot in the coming year as we do this radical healing on the planet and talk about the World Water Law and World Water Year. But codes for healthy earth remind us that clean air, pure water, healthy soil, and vitalizing food are essential as we restore the well-being of all life on earth. Most people don't consider these fundamental elements related to health until they don't have them. How often do you think of pure water until you don't have clean, pure drinking water, or even vitalizing food. Most of us think we're getting adequate nutrition, but they're saying that almost all of us aren't getting adequate nutrition from the foods that we eat, even the organic, locally grown foods that have been grown in soil that's not healthy. So something to think about. Our personal, collective, and planetary health are all interconnected and interdependent. We can't separate it. 
For humanity to thrive, the entire planetary ecosystem must thrive. And this shift in perception can be radical for many. So I'm going to encourage you to think about your relationship with the planet, with Earth, and these foundational elements of health and life on the planet. And then I'm going to move into the extreme change here. What does radical healing look like? It brings me back to that question again. What is radical healing and what does it look like for me? What extreme changes, going back to that definition of extreme changes, what extreme changes am I willing to make for radical healing in 2021? I'm getting clues. I'm writing them down on big sheets of white paper stuck to my windows and on index cards tucked in my bag. I'm organizing a radical new daily routine on my calendar and I'm playing around with my priorities. I'm also looking at things I don't want on my calendar anymore and I've been taking them out of my calendar altogether. I've literally took everything off my calendar and I'm putting things back in intentionally and on purpose. So I am creating a radical support system for myself. I'm creating a brand new Trello board. If you don't know what Trello is, you can look it up, but I'm creating this Trello board so I know how to care for myself and all life and what can support me when I'm having a difficult day. So I've got this whole new board. It's really fun. It's beautiful. It's artistic. It's creative, but it's reminding me of those priorities and what's really important. And I'll be sharing more in the coming days and weeks as my definition of radical comes into more of a succinct understanding and then my prescription for radical emerges and feels really right. I'll write more about these. And if you want to join me on my journey, you can go to my Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, or my Facebook group, Daily Dose of Soul Care. And I'll be sharing more with that on a daily and weekly basis coming forward. But for now, I want to share a few stories and I share a few more thoughts on this idea of radical healing. <clears throat> First, let's build this conversation around the idea that we don't do the healing. Healthcare professionals don't do the healing. We simply create the condition for our bodies to heal, for our minds to heal, our emotions, heart, soul, all to heal. We create the conditions for health and wholeness to return. So this kind of complicates things because if you think about, we're just creating the conditions for our healing to come forward. We're creating the conditions for ourselves to return to health and wholeness. How do we add radical into that? Because radical is about this change, this big radical change. And if healing is this innate capacity, what does radical healing really mean? So I hope you like really muse into this with me because it is a time for radical healing on the planet. And that means radical healing for us, not just the planet. Six years ago, I was recovering from a freak accident where I snapped six bones in my leg. 
I was forced to create the conditions for healing. I had a full leg cast. I got lots and lots of rest. I had to elevate and ice my leg with no weight bearing for weeks and weeks and weeks. And a process that should have taken a few months turned into a year of radical, intense healing. There were complications and medical issues that prolonged things. And literally, I had to start over <laughs> after six months on my healing journey. I literally had to start over and go back on crutches with no weight bearing and begin again to heal some bones that were misdiagnosed, that were fractured. So there was a lot of healing that took place and a lot of lessons. I was in my chair Many, 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 many beautiful things happened. I wrote a book, Fractured Grace, How to Create Beauty, Peace, and Healing for Yourself and the World. And in that book, I shared all these lessons of my healing. There were, there were many, many, many of them. And there was many levels of healing during that time as well. It wasn't just the physical healing that took place. And that healing continues to this day. One of the issues that's still with me he said, my foot is crooked. My left foot points out. I have what's called out-toeing. And so I'll look down at my legs when I'm sitting, have them up in the air or down, or I'll look down when I'm standing, and I'm always reminded that my foot is crooked. And as I've been reflecting on my year and my radical healing coming forward, I noticed that I haven't returned to my pre-accident state of health and fitness yet. I'm not there. And in fact, I've really been noticing how much my body has weakened since that accident. Before the accident, I was in the best physical shape that I had been in for a really long time. I was feeling really good in my body, loving being active, had several different practices, and I really was strong. And after the accident, there's been a mental shift. I had to accept a slow healing process. And that process changed my relationship with my body and what my body could do. Part of it was that I developed a lot of fear. Many of you have perhaps had this experience when you have an accident or injury and, and you develop some post-traumatic stress around it or, or just some added fear. The doctor warned me to be really, really, really careful. I had significant osteopenia in my left leg. It was weak. There were um, literally he wanted to... <laughs> do this procedure to strengthen my bones, injecting this concrete. There was just a lot going on. And he said, be really, really, really careful. Every time you step, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. He had a really long list of things I could not do during that whole entire year. And I developed a lot of subconscious fear. I forgot about it. I totally have not been aware that that squirmishness still exists and it's been six years. I think about that. 
I don't want to jump out of the pickup bed. I don't want to um, step wrong off a curb. It snows, there's ice. I'm super, super careful. I'm fearful. And I know that that's a part of this year of radical healing is to let go of that fear. There's lots of lessons here. And one of them is, I wonder how often we all get stuck in the status quo. We often accept the circumstances as reality instead of creating our reality. So how often do we just settle for the situation and fall victim to what's presenting? That's what I did. After a year of being super cautious because I was told to, I never stopped being super cautious. I never, I never went out in the world with gusto and abandon and, and decided to take my body back and, and enjoy being in my body, being active. I'm learning. It's taken a long time. And as I think of creating the conditions for healing, there's also creating the conditions for radical healing. So are those two things different? If I'm creating the conditions for radical healing, what is the radicalness of that? I'm feeling a need to take radical responsibility. I just want to share that with you today. What does it look like when we take radical responsibility for our health and our planet? I'm going to get to the planet again later, but literally take radical responsibility for your health. No excuses. We know what we know. You know what you know about health. There's the basic things that we can all look at is our diet and our exercise and our, you know, our habits, bad habits are good habits. But really, what is stopping us from living a radical life, creating the radical life we want? I have a couple chapters in my book. And that I'm thinking about as I'm, as I'm just talking here. One is waiting for my new normal. I spent so much time waiting for my new normal. And I kept saying that, what's my new normal? What's my new normal? Waiting for my new normal. But I was caught up in the waiting part and playing it safe, playing life safe. And I really lost my personal power for quite a while. I gave it away. Creating radical healing doesn't necessarily feel safe for us. It's In my mind, when I think radical healing, I'm not thinking conservative. I'm thinking radical. It does not feel like waiting for anything. To me, it's about making things happen, taking charge. So after break here... I'm going to share another story from this other chapter that I've been thinking about. And that chapter's titled Expanding into Our Fullest Potential. And I have a lot of reflections about that chapter. There's a story in there about a dream that I had. And it's been coming up on call after call after call when I'm I'm with different people in different situations the theme for the month seems to be to 
free ourselves from our cages, our perhaps self-induced areas of our life that we've literally caged ourselves in. So I'm going to share that after the break here. But first, before we take the break, I just want to remind you again that seven days of radical, I should say rest and radical healing, doesn't matter if you're joining us the first week in January, challenge yourself to take that break. Go to seven days-of-rest.org and check out that opportunity. 7daysofrest.org and you'll find lots of different ways that you could get involved, lots of things that that literally uh, meditations and gorgeous videos and people healing around the planet, like I said. And the focus on radical healing really is about the water this year. So I just want to bring you back to World Water Law and the World Water Year before the break so that you can check it out. Go to codes.earth and right there on the page, read through the codes for Healthy Earth. They're beautiful. They're inspiring. Everything you need to know to create radical health is right there in a prescription. That's radical health. It's also radical health for our planet and for our culture. So check out Codes for Healthy Earth. And right there on the page, codes.earth, look for the World Water Law. You'll see water code. Check out the World Water Law. It's inspiring. It's brave. It's bold. It's radical. Endorse it. Support it. See how you can get involved with the World Water Law and World Water Year. 2021. And I'm going to make my year of radical healing tie into the world water law as well and the codes for healthy earth. Those are pieces that are on my white papers, hanging on my windows, in the cards that I have. It's more than just my own personal radical healing. It really is about shifting my perspective to say, what can I do for our Earth Mother? What can I do for the planet? What can I do to help co-create the conditions for pure water to exist on our planet? Now you notice I didn't say create the conditions of pure water. We're invited to step into do our part to help the planet restore herself. And the water knows how to do that when we get out of the way and when we stop doing all the things that harms the water, that pollutes the water, that creates toxins in the water. We know what to do to get out of the way and the earth knows how to heal herself. The water knows how to heal herself. So I'm going to tell you another story after the break, and we're going to we're going to muse into my chapter on expanding into your fullest potential and share some final thoughts for radical healing and inviting you in. I'm going to give you a lot of um, good stuff to chew on, some things to think about and muse into for your own radical healing. So 
We're going to take a quick break. I'm Dr. Julie Kroll. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show, and we're musing into radical healing. We'll be right back. music 24 hours a day in the new empower radio app music to empower your meditation help you relax sleep or provide a calm background while you work the empower meditation channel is interruption free listen now with the empower radio app free in the app store or listen online at empower.fm soothe your soul calm your mind the empower meditation channel America, we need to have a little talk. I don't know if you've noticed, but we got a lot of food in this country. A lot of peaches, a lot of corn, a lot of apples, a lot of everything. We've got so much food that we can't even eat it all. So if we got all this extra food, how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? I just don't get it. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to the hungry kids who need it. They can get you food even if you live in Idaho or Alaska or somewhere crazy like that. This isn't complicated. We got extra food and we've got hungry kids. Feeding America's done the math. Now it's your turn. Support Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. I know you got internet on your phone, so what are you waiting for? We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the dog show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch snuggling, ball chasing, face licking, tail wagging, backyard hanging, and of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish terrier hound chihuahua looking kind of mix. Tremendous dog. Mm, I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring a white, gray, brown, black brindle. Simply marvelous. You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and well licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. I want to thank my mommy for loving me so much. For taking me to the doctor when I broke my foot. For leaving me alone when I wanted to be alone. And And now, as a grown-up, I'm thankful for being able to take care of you, my dear mom. For taking you to your therapies. For understanding that sometimes you simply want to be alone. Roles change without us noticing. That's why AARP gives you the information to provide even better care for your loved one. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. 
Also stay connected all week on my Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I invite you to be a more conscious, courageous, and compassionate co-creator of the beautiful, healthy world we depend on. Come work with me. There are lots of ways you can do that. You can check out those opportunities at juliecrawl.com and goodofthewhole.org. Again, that's juliecrawl.com and goodofthewhole.org. Now, I mentioned that Facebook page earlier, All Things Connected. Come on over there. We're going to focus on a year of radical healing on that page as well as in my private group, Daily Dose of Soul Care. And all are welcome. Come on over. Ask to be... um, a member of that group, I'll accept you in and you'll get to have inspiring posts every day on Facebook. I should say every day. It's close to every day. There's inspiring posts and, and others are, are really sharing their their inspiration as well. It's a really beautiful page. So that's Daily Dose of Soul Care on Facebook. And I've been talking about radical healing. I just want to remind you again that the seven days of rest is usually the first week in January every year. This year, 2021, it's seven days of rest and radical healing. You can go to seven days dash of dash rest. So that's hyphen of hyphen rest.org for more information. And you can find those codes for healthy earth at codes.earth. So before the break, I said I was going to share a story with you. And um, the chapter of my book, Expanding into Our Fullest Potential, is really a fun chapter because the synchronicity of the chapter, I'm not going to give it away if you want to read it. It's, it's really kind of fun because three things just happened back to back to back that, that brought home this lesson. And um, it was on the eve of the first thing that I had this powerful dream. I'm going to share the dream with you. And then I had this two things back to back. It was just incredible. The lesson was so clear. I love when the universe speaks like that. But this dream that I had that night was that I was playing on a veranda type outdoor patio with my children. We were sitting on the, the, the concrete or the, um, the stone patio and we were out there and it's this gorgeous day and the yard was green grass gorgeous and green plants all along what appeared to be these concrete walls so this big we were fenced in with a tall probably eight foot tall concrete fence that had greens around them everywhere it was gorgeous and we were sitting on the stone patio and there were two small black wrought iron cages. One had a miniature giraffe and one had a miniature panda in it. I remember this dream as if it was right now because it was such a, just this clear, concise dream that was imprinted in my mind. So, I become lucid in this dream and I start wondering about it. Like, why are we playing with this adorable little tiny giraffe and panda in a cage? 
why do we have them in a cage? And I'm looking around in the dream and I'm saying, you know, we're in this backyard. There's no way they could escape. We're safe here. There's there's no exits. They're not going to leave this space. We're all safe. They're friendly. They're cuddly. They're they're so adorable. They're so cute. They're just miniatures, miniature giraffe, miniature panda. Why do we have them in cages? So as I'm wondering that in my lucidness of this dream, I think, well, what would happen if we removed them from the cages? And so I reach down and I remove the wrought iron cage from the panda. And all of a sudden, the panda just begins to grow and expand. And it becomes this life-size panda sitting on the patio with us. Just soft, yummy, nice, gentle, like panda right there with us. Uh, well, that's interesting. If I remove the giraffe, the giraffe will grow too, right? So I remove the giraffe from the cage and immediately the giraffe begins to grow as well. And, and we all watch with amazement, like, wow, how cool is this? The giraffe begins to grow, but then it stops. Why did the giraffe stop? And we're all like just watching. And I'm noticing that the giraffe is probably an adolescent size. It didn't grow into its fullest potential. It didn't grow into its adult size. Its head should have been over the roof by now. It should have been super tall. And it was like an adolescent giraffe. And I think this is really curious. And I'm wondering and I'm looking around and I'm trying to figure it out. Why did the panda grow into its fullest potential? But the giraffes stop. And then I look up. And as I look up in the dream, up into the sky, all of a sudden I see that we are in a black wrought iron cage. That me, my house, my children, the yard, the whole scene is in a cage itself. And instantly I get the message that I've been putting myself in a cage and that I can't grow into my fullest potential. And so as I look up, I wonder, how do I remove this cage? And I'm told instantly, all I have to do is acknowledge this cage and it'll be gone. And I acknowledge that I put myself in the cage and it turns into this cool light grid thing that became this really a prophetic map is what it became. And you could read the chapter if you're interested in how it becomes. But the cage was removed. And then the giraffe grew and its head went above the roof of the house. And I knew, oh, now I get to expand into my fullest potential. So I share this dream because I, I really as I tuned into radical healing and what that really means, I've noticed that I've ha I still have some of those cages. I still have some of those self-inflicted limitations, the, the, the different areas of my life where I don't let myself play full out. 
that I limit my self-expression. I limit my ability to fully engage in life in a lot of ways. And I've limited myself with my body since that accident. It's been six years and I've still been in this cautious space. And part of the chapter and part of the lesson is really about playing small. If you think about those tiny little animals in the cages, how do we play it small? I've been doing that. And part of my radical healing is to step into this fullest potential in this next year and really allow myself to play big. One of the lessons and the reflections from this chapter was really that the potential already exists within us. The adult panda existed inside that small little miniature panda. As soon as the cage was released, it grew into its fullest potential. The potential existed within the giraffe. And as soon as the cages were released, two cages for the giraffe, it grew into its fullest potential. We all have the coding within ourselves to grow into our highest potential. Growth and expansion are natural. They're healthy. And with growth and expansion comes evolution and change, radical change. We don't need to be afraid of the radical change. It's healthy. It's a part of the growth and the expansion. When we put our own restrictions on ourselves, we stay small. We play small. We are now invited to remove those restrictions and get ready to play big. It is time for radical change on the planet. It's time for radical healing on the planet. And our role is really to step into the radical change and the radical healing and see what wants to come forward that's already encoded with us. One of the things I discovered was playing, playing, childlike playing, playing with art, playing with writing. That play was a part of my medicine back then. And I'm going to step into that childlike play and creative exploration in 2021 as well. I'm going to step into radical play. So there are a few reflections that I want to share about this chapter in the book because I think they're pretty powerful. We've been playing pretty small as a humanity, as a species. We've put ourselves in cultural boxes, political cages, religious containers, gender cartons, and sexual packages to name just a few. The cages perpetuate the illusion of separation. They also contribute to the illusion of a limited potential. So I'm inviting you to make a list of all the cages and boxes that you've put yourself in. Make a list of all the cages other people try to put you in. Imagine you are in one of those cages and write about your feelings and your thoughts. What is it like to be in your own cage? And what is it like to be in the cages that other people try to put you in? What does it feel like to live within those boundaries? 
And then now recognizing those cage, those cages that we've created, really engage with it, greet it, talk to it, acknowledge it. It's served you in some way, in some capacity. So acknowledge the cages or the cage if you only have one. Imagine yourself now stepping out of that cage. What does it feel like? Know you will begin to expand and grow, and grow, grow, grow. I'm just thinking about my, my little giraffe that he, he grew and then he just didn't grow all the way. I remember feeling so sad about it. Know that you too will begin to expand and grow in ways that you can't even imagine. Are you ready for that growth? Allow that growth. And remember, you don't have to do a thing or think or plan or anything. You just have to step out of the cage. Your fullest potential is coded within you. Removing the cage is all it requires for your expansion. What does that feel like to know that you can be liberated from your perceived limitations? Be really honest with yourself. Are you living your highest and fullest potential? After thinking about your cages, what is it that prevents you from naturally being and expressing who you really are? Pay attention. Does the cage disappear immediately or are you holding on to it? Do you have it locked down? Pay attention. So, Many of us are conditioned to play small. Marianne Williamson has a, a famous quote. I have it on my wall here in my office. It's a gorgeous quote. and We've all heard that we're afraid of our own light. Identify areas in your life where you've been playing small. Where do you play small? Look deeper and sense into the fear that it's attached. Am I afraid? to play big? Am I afraid to shine my light? Really sit with the question, how am I playing small? Live with that question. Allow the question to percolate in your consciousness for as long as it takes, hours or maybe days, until you get to the deepest roots of the fear. It will be there. You will find a fear if you allow yourself to sit with that. And once you've identified the fear, write yourself a love letter. Encourage yourself with compassion and love. Recognize and affirm the fear and let it go. Love up on the place of fear until it dissolves. Love up on yourself. Oh, yeah, I do that to myself. Oh, yeah, it's okay, Julie. It's okay to let it go. Love up on yourself. Love up on the place of fear and let it go. And then perhaps identify an area of your life where you might choose to stretch yourself today. Be that giraffe. How can you stretch yourself? Pick a goal, large or small, and commit yourself to the stretch. Now, 
I'm going to stretch myself and do a year of radical healing. I don't know what it's going to look like yet. I don't know what the outcome will be, but I've committed myself to stretch into this goal in 2021. I'm ready to get my strength back. And that's my goal. Pick a goal, large or small, encourage yourself, and then create a plan how you may take one step into your fuller potential right here, right now, in this coming year. Be a part of the change. Be a part of the healing. Create a plan. And then remember, being childlike is good medicine too. And when in ways you allow yourself to play, to explore, Put that in that plan. Add that to your plan. How can you play more? How can you stop taking yourself so seriously? This is my lesson for the year, and so I share it with others. How can you stop taking yourself so seriously? This healing business is serious. The state of crisis on the planet is serious. The the evolutionary change is serious scary and yet it's all good we don't have to take ourselves so seriously develop a practice or a routine to allow your healthy child to express itself and schedule some time to play schedule that time in your day in your week on a regular basis it's one of those things i'm putting in my calendar And I'm trying to reprioritize that there's nothing more important because work seems to be one of those important things that occupies my life 24-7 most of the time. So I'm going to prioritize some play. I invite you to do it with me. Make a list of all the ways you enjoy playing and maybe even put some new ways you want to explore into your calendar. How can you allow your inner child to play and express more? So that's what I've been working on. I want to share another story as we come into the closing of the show here. I lost my mom in 2020. It's been an interesting year of radical change for so many of us on so many levels with COVID with the political terrain, with all of the major life changes that are happening to us, with us, through us. And when I lost my mom, I felt this shift happening. And this call in 2020 for this 2021 for the radical healing brings me to my relationship with the earth. I'm sensing a healing shift from my birth mother to my earth mother. I'm feeling that with the loss of my birth mother, I've noticed the loss of the relationship I've had with my earth mother. So I'm I'm contemplating my relationship with the earth and with my earth mother. And that brings me back to my relationship with the water and the World Water Law, and the World Water Year. This is a big year. I invite you to think of water 
and your relationship with water like you've never thought of it before. We're going to talk a lot about it here on the Dr. Julie Show. And as you're considering this radical change, remember that this radical healing, it's the work of our planet right now. It's the work of evolution, conscious evolution, that as we move into this time, remember that with every species on the planet, evolution biology has shown us that species move from their adolescent stage of consumption and competition, feisty competition and consumption, like they consume, consume, they, they take, take, take. It's all about winning. And when species get to the place of exhausting all of their resources, they make a radical shift into their early adulthood and they evolve into a species of competition, building, I said competition, of cooperation. They move out of competition and into cooperation. So now is the time on our planet to build cooperative communities that care for all life. That's one of the main themes I'm putting into my year of radical healing is how am I contributing to cooperative communities that care for all life? What am I doing personally building my own cooperative communities? What am I doing to facilitate cooperative communities? And how can I care for all life more completely? The water, other species, all inhabitants on the planet, the soil, the quality of the soil, the health of the soil, the air. What am I doing to care for all life? That's radical healing. And remember, our healing is interconnected and interdependent with the planet's health. We cannot be healthy as a species if our planet is not healthy. We depend on the pure water, the clean air, the healthy soil, the vitalizing food. So I invite you to, to really focus on the idea that it's time to build cooperative community. And it's important to build cooperative communities that care for all life. So I have another invitation for you. We're doing that on the connection field. We're doing that at goodofthewhole.org. You could go to connectionfield.org. The connection field came about last March when we all went into quarantine due to COVID. And our leadership team was coming into a meeting and we're like, what do we do to stay more connected? We're all going into quarantine. We're asked to separate. We're asked to stay apart. What do we do? And instantly the connection field was born. You can go to connectionfield.org and you can join in with community uh, sometimes 16 hours, sometimes 18 hours a day, from early morning to late evening, we are in the Zoom loving room of the connection field. And there are 
early morning meditations. There are, there's an early morning fire. There's offerings called the resonance lounge where we come together in community and just hang out with one another and, and learn how to be in resonance, create greater coherence as a community and share. We have specific themes people are teaching they're gathering around different themes there's the water there's men in connection there's all kinds of different ways that you can come together with others in cooperative community on the connection field so i invite you to check that out you can get the the weekly digest so you know what's going on by going to connectionfielddigest.org connectionfielddigest.org and go to Connection Field. You'll learn so much more about what we're doing. This is our time. It is time for radical healing. It is time for cooperative community. We're moving out of competition into cooperation. And that's why all the systems and structures on the planet are breaking down around us because the old systems and structures don't really represent who we are anymore, who we know ourselves to be as we move through this evolution consciously and as we evolve consciously. Our consciousness is evolving as well. We're learning, we're growing. So there you have it. That's my pondering about radical healing today. Those are my ideas. Um, I have no idea what's going to emerge for this year of commitment as I refine what that means, um, pulling it all together and adding some specific things into my daily life and who I want to be. Also stepping into that fullest potential. It's a part of my radical healing. So I'm asking myself, what is that radical healing? And what does that look like? How do I create the conditions for the radical healing to occur spontaneously like the panda in my story and the giraffe in my story? I know it's in there. So all I have to do is create those conditions, remove the cages and step into it. So I want to leave you with one quote because I think it's really special. We're going to be talking about the world water law and world water for many episodes coming up on the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. So this is a quote from the World Water Law. When we prioritize healthy water for all, all of life benefits and no one is left behind. You've been listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now. <laughs>